Wow, just pinch myself. It is the 200th episode of the Relaunch Podcast. And I gotta tell you, it has been a wild ride. Think about that. Whether it was 30 minutes or an hour of conversations, you are thinking right now to yourself, potentially, that's a whole lot of hours, more than 100, and probably more like around 150 hours. I have been coming to you live and every single week, and I have loved every minute of it. It truly, I talk about being fired up. It lights me up to bring you incredible people that have amazing relaunch journeys and the stories behind what made them who they are today. And we went from the silver lined relaunch to then just the relaunch podcast. And now we are entering into the second season. And I know I'm like laughing because 200 episodes, is that really one season? But we're gonna call it a second season. And I'm gonna go even deeper now. I'm going to be pushing even more um, the comfort level of me making sure that what I'm getting people to say is new and fresh and maybe you haven't heard it from them, but also tying everything together, making sure that you understand the significance of what the story, the relaunch journey is to how they have come out the other side and what they're doing today that really deserves attention, deserves um, you to know tips and strategies and what they're doing from a business perspective, entrepreneur perspective, life, mindset. You are in the room with these people as we have conversations together. And so as I look forward, so excited to be thinking about our our next group of incredible people that we're going to be bringing on but right now what i want to do is acknowledge 10 or maybe an extra one in there from this last year 2023 that really these interviews stood out that they were so impactful to me they were um they were the beginning of brand new relationships they seeded others and i thought i would do a recap of those so that you have the the highlights right here so that they would motivate you and ignite you and spark you into momentum into what you're going after manifestation is something that we all have the ability to do but I want you to be so inspired by these conversations that you take action, micro actions, everyone. Tune in, tune into what is possible for you and tune out all the noise. Because as you hear from people, there are so many interviews I've done and I have asked them at the end, you know, would you go back and change? what happened to you. And we're talking some of the most unbelievable relaunches, just heart-wrenching, tears coming out of my eyes. Not one person to date has said they would go back and change it. So let's begin this jam-packed episode of the Relaunch Podcast and 
some incredible people that made the airways that much more incredible, exciting, and delightful. So I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, and these are my favorite moments of 2023. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. First up, we have Dr. Ellen Vora, a board certified psychiatrist, where she actually addresses the attention economy's impact on mental health. And she urges conscious and self-loving navigation for this information. She offers practical tips from, I love this, catching morning sunlight on your face to using blue blocking glasses. Are you using yours? You're going to find out why. And that helps with nourishing that mental health. So listen away. Enjoy the clip. So... Dr. Ellen, what about you were you were talking about that blue light? What what is it about that light that that really causes us to be like, I can't sleep, I gotta grab my phone, I need to be, as you said, which I which I love the the whole doom, you know, it's that oh, I need to what, what am I missing? So what is that, what is it about that that kind of makes us go crazy? Yeah, so our circadian rhythm, our sleep-wake cycle, is cued by a number of different things, activity level, temperature, when we eat food, but primarily the lion's share, it's cued by light. And this is actually a brilliant design because on that proverbial savanna of evolution, it was by definition light out during the day and by definition dark out at night. And that orchestrates our hormonal milieu, whether we're in cortisol state during the day and we can feel awake and alert, or that we secrete melatonin at night, which helps us feel sleepy. And in modern life, the script has flipped. We're indoors during the day, and then at night we're doom scrolling, and our brain is getting these mixed messages. It thinks, well, I sure I'm tired. I've been awake for a long time. It's probably bedtime. We pull out our sun, our phone, and it might as well be as though it's saying to the brain, good morning, the sun is rising and it suppresses our melatonin. So one of the best things we can do to support sleep is to get very strategic about our light cues. And that starts first thing in the morning, making sure we get actual sunshine into our actual eyeballs. That starts the clock. People call it a circadian walk. It's not through sunglasses. It's not through a car windshield. It's the real thing. And then after sunset- through a window or do we have to be outside? It actually has to be outside to really be effective. Um, all of these will decrease the, the way the wavelengths of light are getting into our eyes and to a part of our brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. So it has to be the real thing. 
And importantly, if you wear glasses that have a blue lens filter, like for screens, um, you want to take the glasses off for a moment and let the real sun get into your eyes. But then so what happens now, I finally get why, you know, in, in cities that have a lot of rain, we always hear about, you know, higher levels of depression, because what you're recommending is, and I live in Boulder, Colorado, you're recommending, hey, wake up and if there is sun rising go out and just is it okay if we close our eyes and not look directly into the sun but just close our eyes and let that let those those rays at least hit your body yes importantly you want to sort of look in the general direction of the sun blink a little bit squint a little bit you don't need to be you certainly don't want to be hurting your eyes and staring directly at the sun um, but you do want to be taking in that morning sunlight and if it's overcast or rainy you need even more time outside in the morning and then what happens after sunset is also critically important and we used to be surrounded by moonlight and fire and these days it's the psychedelic light show of modern life we have ambient light pollution and screens and overhead lighting so there are a couple options here to protect the circadian rhythm you're welcome to throw your phone into the ocean and move off the grid and raise chickens and homestead that's a great solution short of that i think blue blocking glasses are a pretty good harm reduction strategy and it can block some of that blue spectrum light and then you're not suppressing your melatonin quite so potently and so you, you're recommending we wear these blue blocker glasses as we are working on a computer throughout the day most of all, sunset until bedtime. Oh, interesting. I was going to say, it's going to be a little difficult given that, you know, even this show is a live show, but we are on video if I'm wearing my, my very fancy blue blocker glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was also laughing when you were telling the story about, you know, don't look directly. It's like a medical warning. Don't look directly into yes. the sun. And so you remember um, when you were young and the eclipse, and you would make the cups and the teacher always said, but don't look. And there would always be the wise guy that, oh, I looked, <laughs> I looked, I looked. So I want to, moving into, you mentioned at the very beginning about burnout and that this has reached this all-time high and that we really are um, a generation of just, we're exhausted we're burned out. What are you recommending to your patients and what are you seeing that actually works in regards to not getting to that place of burnout? Yeah. So there are some pipe dream wishes like that we had better work-life boundaries, that we weren't always in positions that were understaffed and boundaryless and we were working all the time. These are nice things to work towards saying less, doing less or saying no and doing less. But what I find is a really effective intermediate strategy is to focus on the foundational aspects of our physiology. It's things like getting enough sleep, nourishing our bodies and moving our bodies and having some connection with nature. When we do this, then at least our physiology helps us be resilient in the face of our stressors. And when we're not doing this, our own physical body becomes one more stressor, one more source of burn burnout in our lives. So I actually like to focus on the physical body first and that's foundational and then we can handle these stresses. When it comes to burnout, I think it's also critically important just to recognize 
we're living in the attention economy, which means our attention is the commodity being competed for by smart companies. They've done their homework, they know behavioral psychology, and they prey on our fear response and instill uncertainty and doubt and controversy, which makes us rubberneck. And we give an increasingly large share of our attention. They get more clicks, more ad revenue, but our mental health and our burnout is the collateral damage. So it behooves us to navigate the information landscape, eyes wide open, consciously, self-lovingly, and make sure that we're not just handing our attention over to every shiny, fear-mongering, sensationalized headline. Ah, so good. Sometimes you just don't realize how a few simple mindful changes can actually really improve you in a day-to-day basis. So in this next clip, I welcomed Bree Seely, a coach, TEDx speaker, and founder of Infinite Horizons, where she talks about the prevailing statistics actually discouraging change And she delves into coaching techniques for new entrepreneurs. She emphasizes the significance of envisioning one's future self. You know how much I love this, your future identity. She details how this vision aids in decision-making in the present. So cool. I love this impactful exploration of transcending limitations and she then helps us build a strong foundation for our own personal growth enjoy this small segment what's the best way to really get into the right mindset because the statistics out there of course they still put these things out which by the way it's changing we're just not hearing enough about it because they still want us to be you know held in this vice grip of like no 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 keep doing what you're doing how do you how do you coach people through this you know especially if it's a new entrepreneur i mean we i really just help them continue to tap into what that future self looks like In fact, I'm actually, I'm getting ready to launch a new program that's just around becoming your future self. Um, The more that you can understand who that person is and how they operate and what they believe and the way they make decisions. And like the more that you can get that understanding and that knowing and see yourself already doing it in the future, it's easier to make that decision in the present moment. So that's one of my favorite things to do. I do it through visualizations. I do it through hypnosis. I do it through asking really great questions and sales calls and even helping women who are already entrepreneurs say yes to that next level. It's a similar thing. It's like, we really have to get that vision. Like, and are you willing to trust that because you have that vision in your heart that you're gonna be able to do what you need to make that vision visible from your eyes as well. Mm, so, okay, I'm gonna, this is so awesome because just recently I had a group of women coaching call and one of the women said, so help me understand if I am creating this future version of me, my, my new identity in the future where I have this company and I'm impacting and I'm growing it and I'm showing up as my, you know, and she said three HQ version of myself, but how do you cross the chasm between where they are today and where 
they want to go? What do you, how do you coach people through that? This is one of my favorite things. So um, I stop, we stop seeing them as separate from us because they're not separate from you. So the whole thing about understanding how your future self makes decisions is not just to know how they make decisions. It's so that you can start making decisions in that way. You, once you know your future self's perspective, their belief system, their thought patterns, you literally get to start seeing through their eyes. And then there is no separation. You're not going to your future self. She's not out there somewhere in some faraway land. You're not taking a journey to go find her. She's already within you. So it's less about going to her or, you know, figuring out her, like any of that stuff. It's, it's truly about becoming her. And like so many, I'm doing a webinar this week. I know our episode will come out after this, but it's called like becoming exponential. And it's like really the new program is called like the beyond boundaries blueprint. And it really is all about like, how do we break through those boundaries within us that are holding our future self down and keeping us from operating like her, acting like her, walking like her, talking like her, believing like her, thinking Mm. like her, seeing through her eyes, making decisions like her. Because once you can do those things, you are her. That is so well said. And the way, and I love, there is no separation, just like there is no separation of all you being you, the women that you have been to get to where you are right now. It's built up. It's that foundation. It's building yourself. It's building blocks. There is a part of that G zone that I talk all about. You hear me talking three HQ, head, heart, highest self, the headquarters of you is the most important thing to you, to the planet right now. You got to be all about you first so that then you can impact others. But the G zone, your great zone, gratitude zone, you've got your growth zone, right? Don't forget about the goal zone too, but let's talk growth. God, that was so huge. Ah, thank you, Bree. But next up, let's talk a little bit about your business. And I was joined by author and founder of Speaking School, Eileen Wilder. She is somebody that I admire so much, a true powerhouse. And she shares actionable insights for boosting your business's bottom line. And she dives into the importance of high ticket offers, right? No more low, low ticket Let's let's up level your value. She stresses the idea that not having a $10,000, $30,000, even a $100,000 offer means that you might be leaving money on the table. If you don't make the offer, no one can take it. How true is that? Enjoy this clip with Eileen. I want people to have a takeaway right now. You have perfected what you did that day. You have perfected the uh, you know course that you were selling at that point, the twenty one thousand eight hundred. Oh yeah, and no, no, it was not perfected. I can go into that. Yeah, <laughs> it was not. But I want to know the most important takeaway. 
and what people could put into what they are yeah. doing right now yeah. that would impact their bottom line, their profit margins. The two takeaways are if you're not doing high ticket, you're leaving money on the table. Hear that There's everyone. no other way to say Today that. Today create a high ticket offer. Yeah. If you do not have a $10,000, a $30,000, a $100,000 or higher offer, you're leaving money on the table because mm. offer you don't make, no one can take. Did you hear that? The offer that you don't make, no one can take. And I'm sitting here. I don't have a 100K offer. Yeah. If you don't, it's just. Okay, it, come it, on, it, everyone. Challenge. To, We're challenging you right it. now. You have to objectify it. It's not personal. It's just mm. math. If you don't have the offer, mm. no one can take the offer. So you never know who you're going to be speaking to. Mm. So you should have like what, what I did, Hillary, was I printed out on my apartment wall, a piece of paper that said $10,000, $30,000. I think I probably did $20,000 because I must've, I made that offer of 21, eight, $20,000, $100,000. And I would just write on these pieces of paper, just mm. little notes when ideas would come to me, what could be in that offer? You know, what's great, Eileen, is that tomorrow my team flies in, we're doing our, our annual retreat. Oh, this is the first part of the day. It's yeah, like, why <laughs> not? And, why and not? I once said, thought about it. And I was like, you know, there isn't like high ticket offer police. <laughs> that right, could be right. like, no, you can't. What I mean, like, what's, what what is holding? What is? Well, I'm going to say what's holding me back. I, I guess me. So I'm I'm in. Yeah. There is there it's is like, no high ticket police. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like the introduction, and many times it's just we just haven't thought about it. We just haven't yeah. really focused the mind upon it. So mm -hmm. everyone listening, like, why just why not? And then and then like take it one step further and be like, how much fun could I have? Like, what cool stuff mm -hmm. could I put inside this offer that I would love? to be a part of, to deliver on. Like one of my clients was like, Eileen, can I like uh, do my, teach my course like in a castle? I'm like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, tell me what it is. I want to come. So I think just having- That's so funny. I'm sitting here as you just said it. I'm like, I want to come. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like that play. would be a really cool place to get whatever you're- teaching, yeah, whatever transformation, whatever result you're going for, do it in a really cool location. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So bring play, bring fun, like just mm. bring an energy to it. That's not heavy because offer creation and offer delivery should feel fun. Okay. Did that get your wheels turning a bit? Right. It was big. Eileen is huge. So good. But it can sometimes seem a little bit overwhelming. And in the next clip, we're going to help pull out of you that doubt when you're feeling overwhelmed. And during this amazing interview with growth architect and founder of Women's Code, B.D. Chalet explores the intrinsic resilience, resilience of her. She delves into the mindset that actually propels her through some of the challenges that, that literally could have flattened others. Beatty shares a powerful mantra and it is, I will not drown in a puddle. I will not drown in a puddle and reveals three key questions that she asks in tough times. 
You got to hear these three. The conversation actually takes a relevant turn as we discuss navigating uncertainties in today's changing landscape. So check this out. Before you continue, you mentioned at the beginning, right? Multiple relaunches. Multiple relaunches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just yeah. heard everyone. You said you were broke. You're, you're an immigrant. Your husband that you're going through, you know, divorce, divorce, alcoholic. You're a single mom. You want to support your daughter. I mean, that in itself, right? Multiple, multiple, multiple relaunches. And before you start to continue, is it was it just innate in you that you were gonna you're you're a survivor? That's what I when I hear you talking about this, you have something that is ingrained in you that you're gonna get knocked down, you're gonna get up again. But what how do you what do you what do you lean into to be able to do that? Is it your faith? Is it spirituality? Is it like what is it for you? I will not drown in a puddle. How good is that? I will not drown in a puddle. <laughs> so good. Uh, there's three things I ask myself. Is what I'm trying to do possible? Well, if somebody else does it, it's possible. Mm. And my second question is, if it's possible, then is it possible for me? Well, I mean, obviously, if it's possible for somebody else, it should be possible for me too. So that's a yes. And then I, then my next question is, How? Can I make it happen for myself? Like, what do they do that I'm not doing? And these are really tough questions to ask, you know, especially right now. So a lot of people are now in this, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Clients are, you know, putting jobs on hold. Uh, things are canceled. I am not making uh, the money I was making even last year. Everybody's talking about the recession, the media, you know, when it when it bleeds, it leads. So it's all negative, negative, negative. And it's like almost like, you know, everybody's going like, I'm, I'm going to just wait one more time. What do you do? And so you have to now go and say, is what I'm doing working? That's a yes or a no question. Because it either is or it is not. I had to ask myself this question literally about two months ago. And I said, Something is not working, and I am going to have to force myself to look at this. And I did. And so I realized that I needed to get, you know, my, my Q4 goal was leads. My Q1 goal was sales uh, for this year and to get the sales process figured out because it's, it's not working. Not the way I want it to work. Okay. Not you know what? Let's be honest, everybody. I mean, I'm raising my hand as well. You know, we all, things are changing so fast that you're, you're, you're calling us out on the table. Yeah. Well, but, but that's, that's what it needs. I mean, we said we were going to rip the bandit off. So let's just yeah. rip it off all the way with the hair and everything uh, attached to it. And whatever. Which the we all just got, and... like, we all just winced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so, so then you look at this and you say, okay, now, if I really were to look at my cash flow, at my numbers, at what's on the book, it's what's in the pipeline, where the leads are coming from, how my conversion rates are. And then you go, you know, in the gym this morning when I was listening to my music, I was doing my workout, I felt really great. 
And now that I'm looking at these numbers, I'm not feeling so great anymore because I feel that there's something looming here. And that is, I'm going to have to make a change or something will happen. The ship is sinking. So now what are the options? The options are, and this is what you asked me, what do you hold on to? When other people back off, I double down. I will not drown in a puddle. Since this interview, I continue to use that mantra. It is so good, so profound, so important. Next up is the amazing Mariel Hemingway, an actress, author, and mental health advocate. And in this this clip, she actually shares a profound moment of self-realization, sparking a mission to reassure others that they are already okay. How good does that sound? She's gonna tell us that we're okay and that we possess the power to live all of our best lives. We're going to go on and explore societal pressures, personal challenges, emphasizing the journey towards self-discovery and that place of self-love. Remember I talk about like, you know, self-sabotage and we can't just jump to self-love. Sometimes we got to you know, not be the evil Knievel and try to do the Grand Canyon all in one. You got to go self-sabotage to self-like to self-love. We're going to be getting into that and hearing what Muriel has to say. I was like, holy crap, I am okay, right? It was that moment. It was that, it, I guess it, it was it was the beginning of a relaunch, right? It was a beginning mm-hmm. of an understanding that I am okay. And then I realized over several years after that time, that I'm okay applies to everybody. Everybody's okay, right? Everybody's not broken. Everybody's not their worst self. They just haven't found the way to get to their best self. It's like working with you and and this, you know, the H, what do you call it? 3HQ. 3HQ. Yeah doing that, you find what already exists inside you. This is not new. It's not new to your soul, to your unconscious mind. It's just maybe new to your habitual daily life, right? And then you make it habitual, make it, you make it part of your everyday, you make it part of your blood, right? So (laughs) I realized that kind of part of my mission was to just go out there and say, Hey, everybody, it's okay to get help, but you're already okay. You're already beautiful. You're already loved. You already have a great body. You've already got everything you think you're searching for is in you. Now let's help you find the way to get there. And that's kind of what I feel my journey has been about. I'm, I'm always like, how do I get to be a better version of myself? And that's my first book was called finding my balance. And, Mm -hmm. and um, that's kind of what I think about every day. I'm always finding my balance. Every day is a journey of, yeah. How do I feel? So so when I think about, you know, and as you said, the three HQ, it's, you know, the head, heart, higher self. And I always look at higher self, that best version of you. And I think of it as you have this wise woman inside of you and she's trying to talk to you, (laughs) but we're not letting the, that, that we can't hear what she's having to say because we're so tuned out. 
And, you know, I love it. The Dalai Lama is saying to you, you know, you're okay. And for so many of us, we're searching for somebody to tell us you're okay. But why is it in your, in your mind, in your understanding, why is it so freaking hard to let yourself know that, you know what, you are okay exactly where you are doing exactly what you're doing? You know, I think it's, you know, I think it's hard because we live in a society that demands that we're, we are performing all the time. And we, and I think we are brought up, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a generation that defined themselves by how other people thought of you. I mean, especially I was in the movie industry and modeling, and it was always about what I look like. I, you know, I didn't approve of myself unless somebody like hordes of other people approved of me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I went, wow, I get me. I, I actually love me. I couldn't have said that 20 years, 25 years ago. It just, it couldn't have happened. It was too scary, right? It was too scary to say that. It it felt wrong. And I was brought up to believe that that was almost like an arrogant way to be. And I was so scared I'd be arrogant or, you know, whatever it is. I think think trauma from our childhood prevents us from allowing ourselves to say, hey, I am okay. And Mm -hmm. I am, I am the orchestrator of, of, of my show, right? I get to I get to guide this ship and I don't think we're given permission. And I just want to tell everybody, you've all got permission to live your best life, right? Everybody hear that right now. (laughs) Dalai Lama doesn't have to say it. Nobody else needs to say it. We just heard it. Mariel says, you are okay. You can live your best life. You can live what you're supposed to. And you, you said something really interesting about childhood and we're pretty much you know you and i are are you know very similar in our age and what we're trying to do and how we're trying to impact people and i do think it is truly so valuable that when people hear this idea of like things happen in our childhood right you had childhood trauma that happened to you that you have been, you know, sorting through your whole life. I had a very, you know, successful orthopedic surgeon dad who was very much number one love was his profession. And so I was always searching for like, hey, I'm over here. Like, you know, and I'll never forget, he said, um, he said probably about maybe when I was in my early 20s, he said, wow, you were, you know, and God love my dad. He just says it as he, he hears it in his own head. He said, you were really an ugly duckling. And now you've really, you've, you've kind of turned into this swan. And I'm like, uh, yeah, thanks. You know, and I remember this because my brother and I just got together and I said, you know, he was kind of commenting about, you know, the non-existent parent and how he's really trying to do the opposite of that and how I really took my kids. And I thought that was really insightful, what I remembered about my childhood and how I was just yearning. I just wanted approval. And I know you had childhood trauma. I know that your mom ended up uh, getting very ill and you you said in interviews and I did, you know, I, I watched that running from crazy and how you said, you know, you spent most of those formative years as a caregiver. 
So what, what are you like when you think about that time? And you also said in the, uh, in that wonderful documentary, you talk about that you even looked at your kids outside playing and you were almost jealous of that free spirit that they had. Help us understand how you have been able to deal with some of those those traumas that are very impactful and it still allowed yourself to have relaunches and have generational relaunches with your kids. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it that was it was that was a turning point. That was probably a, a a big turning point in my life is that I think not so much when I was seeing it, but when I realized that that's how I'd felt, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling jealous of your toddlers or your three or four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old kids who are out there giggling and playing. And I didn't know how to do that. I hadn't done that as a kid really that often mm-hmm. um, because I felt, and and this is not, oh, poor Mariel. None of that. I, this was my family. I loved them. So I decided that I was going to fix them at seven years old. I made this choice. I'm going to be the fixer. I'll like <laughs> clean up messes of drunken nights and broken glass and blood on the walls. I'll fix it. I'll clean it up. And then we'll have, we have a chance to be better, healthier and happier. But what it did is, you know, and I'm sure there's so many of your, of your people, people in your tribe who will relate to this, you know, it's, it's, it's that thing where you, your childhood kind of gets, it gets, you know, stopped in a way you become an adult far too soon. And, you know, I just had a grandchild like literally a month ago. Congratulations. (laughs) I know it's super cool. Uh, And, and I think about how, you know, how, and I keep sending my daughter things about just play, just have fun, you know, like I want her to know, you know, I mean, she knows, she knows that there were times in her childhood where I was trying to organize things and make things right and perfect and this and that and the food. And, you know, when I had two daughters, each one got four grapes and, you know, so there was no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was like, I wasn't, when it came down to like, go outside and just hang out and play and play on the swing. I was looking at my watch wondering like, how much longer is this? Not because I didn't love them. And because I didn't enjoy their joy. I didn't know how to partake in that. I didn't know how to participate. It was so sad. So cut to, I have a wonderful life partner, Bobby, and we've been together now like 14 years. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first, like when we were first going, I I think we'd been going out maybe two, maybe three months. And one day he's like, let's play hide and seek. And I was like, huh? (laughs) That's so great. And, and I also have to say that we were, he, he was naked at the time. (laughs) I was, and I was, first of all, insanely embarrassed. I was like, so I think I, my entire body went like red and, and he was like, yeah, we're I was like, you know, like it just felt like I had no control over how I was going to look in awkward position. <laughs> like it was just all good bad. for him. He was amazing. I, I mean, like, oh, that is- he goes, Oh yeah, you can. So off he went and he hid. Right. And I'm trying to find him like, 
you know, like I'm embarrassed. I'm like, oh my God, this is good. But oh God, that's so good. Literally taught me how to play. Mm. You know, play and now we play red light, green light. You know, we do things on the beach. We laugh every day. We have a belly laugh that is so, you know, you'd think that we were certainly not 60 years old, right? I'm 61. <laughs> you would not think that. We laugh all the time. We're always, if we go to a restaurant, you know, pe the people, proprietors will often come over and go, can you keep it down? And we'll come together just the two of us. And like, we're playing games. It's crazy. But that play, that play that I didn't, in other words, that saying you're never too old to, to, to relive your childhood or whatever it is, it's true. You get, this is just a choice. We just decided we're adults. We just decided that we we're getting towards senior citizen. Well, I don't even know what that means. But, <laughs> but, like that's not gonna happen in our lives. I, I mean, when we're 105, it's just never gonna happen because, because we've made the choice that mm. life is all about, you're never, you never stop growing. So. Getting back to your original question about relaunch, I honestly feel like this is the beginning of my life. Our lives are oh, so I just got chills for you. It's, it's so it's good because too many people are so serious that they can't laugh at themselves. They can't laugh in situations. I mean, you know, when I start working with people and I can very quickly give them like a one to 10 on the serious meter right? That 10 is like, whoa. And the first, th first thing I ask them to do, I'll be like, okay, belly laugh. When was the last time you actually had a belly laugh? And people, you know, I go from there and they're like, well, you know, I haven't really had a belly laugh in a while. I'll be like, all right, when was the last time you just laughed? I'm like, all right, we need to start back at the basics. Like, let's just go back in time. And I really like the idea of, you said Bobby, Bobby brings that out. My husband, E, he does the same for me. When my mom passed, I felt like um, my my other half, my laughing, my my joy, my the fun element, we had more belly laughs together than I've had with anyone else ever. And so I said to my husband, I said, you know, you just don't, you're not, you don't, you don't enjoy life as much as my mom. And he said, oh, really? Is that a challenge? Because I'm going to take you there. And since then, I mean, it's been like you challenge someone to enjoy life more. You challenge I'm like, where's your belly laugh? Like, you know, um, Matthew McConaughey says you got to exercise every single day, right? You got to have a sweat. I say you got to have a laugh. You gotta laugh. It's the best therapy. And I know you're you're all about mental wellness. And God, how important do you think that is? And and why do you think we've become so freaking serious? Well, you know, we do live in a world that wants you to believe that it's all like, you know, tomorrow it's all go gonna be over and you know, this and that, and you know, like cover yourself up because God knows what's happening. And for me, it's just like. No, I, I'm not going to, and that's not a, that's not saying I, I, it's not political. It's not a belief. It's just like, I refuse to allow the outside 
society or or maybe it's even corporate society to determine how I'm going to lead my life. So good, Muriel. So good. And I've just enjoyed getting to know you so much. I just, I admire, I respect you so much. I actually was a huge fan of your grandfather in high school and did my um, my senior project on him. So it, it was really quite a, quite a pleasure to get to know you with the podcast segment and also some of the other things. So amazing. So with challenges, you all know about my tune-in process. And in this next clip, I talked to my dear friend, Teresa Goss, otherwise known as Tico. That's what we're all calling her. She is a media producer, host, author. She is also a co-host to the Relaunch Reel, which we are working on together. It's going to be launching on her brand new, incredible Tigo TV, this big network. It's going to be on all the smart TVs. It is going to be the next evolution of where media is going. And I actually, in this specific clip, I'm taking her through this actually episode, I'm taking her through the tune in process where her micro action step leads us into the talk about the future of media. You got to know where it's going. What's the focus on television, digital revenue channels, transformative impact of how AI comes into all this. So join us as we discuss breaking free from the constraints of traditional platforms, right? Can't keep going forever. There's always something new coming out. She's going to talk about the rise of self-publishing and the exciting possibilities that lie ahead in the world of media creation, all while tuning in. Enjoy this clip. Where do you think, even because, you know, where's TV going? Where's media going? What's happening? Well, it's already happening, but it's going to be even bigger. People think right now that... You know, they've cut the cable and cut on cable, pretty much. People are they not. They cut the cable on cable. cable. I, I like cable. that. They're streaming now. They're doing all of that. But there's all of these, um, like, Roku-type channels that are coming up. But the new technology and with AI and all of that, television itself is going to make a rebound. You can feel it. But it's going to make a rebound the way it used to be when I was a kid. Because I'm a little bit older than you. And it'll be... We're all in the mid-zone. I, mid I have to say, Brene Brown said middle age is 35 until you're dead. <laughs> Let's give a high, high five, girl. I love it. <laughs> so in the near future, I truly believe that, you remember the old rabbit ears? We're going to have digital rabbit ear channels all over the world that people are creating and being able to pipe into and not be dependent on the giant social media platforms mm -hmm. that are out there right yeah. now. Because right now we're pretty much a slave to a different rhythm. We were a slave to cable before. Now it's big social media platforms. And if those like, platforms decide that your your page or your channel doesn't fit with their new guidelines, they can just take you away. And I know a couple of people that have had millions of people following them. And then they got an email saying, uh, you're outside the guidelines, you're gone. And they were out of business. I have heard that too. Yeah. So and I it's really not just believe, one or two. Yeah. There are yeah. hundreds so I really of those think there, There's going to be a way to bridge traditional television with social media the way it is mm -hmm. and create your own platform yourself that you can spread to the world or just to a local region. If you're in Chicago and you only want to be in Chicago, you can digitally create it so that you're only in Chicago. 
So I think that's where it's time. I think that this is going also. When you think about, um, you know that I just wrote the book. We've talked about that. We launched Spark Your Heart to Ignite Your Life. And you have traditional publishers. And I think of those as being kind of the big, the big stations, the big, the big bullies out there. Big, big women. I really want to say it. And then you've got hybrid where you have the ability to self-publish, but you have a publisher that helps you yeah, along. Yeah. And then you have self-publishing. Do you think that the way media is going, is that it's going to be a lot like that, where there's going to be the ability to self-publish, to self-promote, to self-create your own media channels? Yes. We're already doing. Yeah. We're already doing, you know? And it's like, thanks to... Um, companies like Amazon and others, you know, it's really easy to self-publish. But with digital platforms, you don't need those guys. You know, you don't need, and you can leave it up to that person if they want to turn it into print or not. But with augmented reality and artificial intelligence and all of that, I need you ever want. It is a constant shift, isn't it? It really is. So that was so powerful. Now you know why I just enjoy being her co-host, you know, continuing to build so much incredible content experiences for all of you. So keep, you know, going to the Instagram, the Relaunch Co, because we'll have a lot of those right there that you can actually get involved with, not just in the airways, but in person. When Now this actually brings me to my next guest, Shannon McKinstry. She's a social media strategist for business owners, and Shannon delves into the business impact of social media platforms with Instagram, which is her top choice for building connections and successful funnels. So as social media marketing is changing by the hour, she actually shares tips on effective Instagram funneling highlighting the role of email marketing. Listen in on how you can leverage Instagram because this is not just here now. This is where the future is going and you need to know this so that you can be visible. Let's go, let's start here. Your, what is your favorite platform that you think can make the biggest difference for your business? I mean, I, in Instagram, hands down. TikTok, of course, is what everyone's talking about. I'm there. I'm loving it. I have actually had some really good conversions on there, but what's interesting, and I've looked all into this, even people I know on TikTok with huge followings and smaller followings on Instagram, they convert more on Instagram. My theory is that we're still learning TikTok and we're, we still have a guard up a little bit with the people we follow. Instagram, we've been following a lot of these people for years. We trust them. We'll throw our money at them. But TikTok, it's still like a lot of these people are strangers to us. So that could be one thing. But I know for me and my clients, no matter, I have clients across the board, you know, brick and mortar places, service providers, Instagram, 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 especially because it's very easy to build your funnel with Instagram. So for those that don't have a clue of what you're talking about, what what is the right way to build a funnel on Instagram? So I'm big into email marketing too. <laughs> uh, email is where, I mean, it's, it's incredible. If you can get someone on your email list, like that's a big deal. And using Instagram stories to really build that connection. Because here's the thing. 
we are following people at the end of the day, even if we're following Nike, we want to follow the people, right? I, I tell everyone, if you want to see how social media is changing, go on TikTok and go to brands like, I don't know, American Eagle, Wendy's, you wouldn't even know what they're selling. The product comes second. It's people, it's uh, people trying things on. Yes, they're putting the clothes on or they're eating the food, but you're listening to the person, watching the person, et cetera. So Instagram is so personal. TikTok has been like that too. But when Instagram first started out, it was personal. It was our friends, our families. We were showing our coffee, the ocean. Like we didn't know what we were doing. We were just taking pictures in the moment, throwing it up with a cheeky caption and calling it a day, right? Right, right. Well, then it went to business and then we were all like, sell, sell, sell. And from the beginning, I was like, you guys, no one's on Instagram to buy things. They're in, they're there to follow people. And if you can get them to trust you as a person, they will then buy your thing. So with your funnel, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you don't need to go off the bat and start selling, just start connecting with people. And in the, what's the best way, what's the best way to connect? And I've, I've heard often that stories is where you can just be you. Yes. That's where you can just like, you know, show what you're eating, show where you are, show what you're doing, give a little of that like craziness of you. Yes. But you don't want to do that in your posts. A little different. Right. So unless you're a blogger, right. You know, that's all you share is personal life things typically, but with stories, I tell everyone, they're like, you don't sell a lot in your content. I'm like, because I'm selling stories. And that's where, you know, I'll I'll use my stories every day to have at least one goal in mind. I'm like, okay, do I want to build my email list today? I'll use the question box and sticker, uh, the little sticker box and stories. And I'll say, Hey guys, I'm sending an email out tomorrow. Drop your email below if you want in. Right. And then in my emails is where I'm connecting even more, telling stories, selling my services, or I'll use the link sticker and say, Hey, go grab my $37 guide. And then boop, 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 boop. But in stories, when you start off just selling, they're going to be turned off. Oh, thanks for those incredible insights, Shannon. Next up is Diane Forrester, who is the mindset coach, founder of the inspiring I Have Today TV network. She introduces her three-step intentional living process called Love It, Thank It, Bring It. I got to tell you, I have gotten no Diane, and she is such a force to be reckoned with. I am so excited to call her my friend. I'm collaborating with her. You're going to see some incredible things coming out from both of us together. I I mean, I'm giddy about what we're going to be doing. So this episode explores the idea that framing aspirations as big dreams might inadvertently place them on a pedestal. And instead, she wants you to align with aspirations. That's the key in order to manifest it. You know how I love this conversation. So listen in. So I have to ask, you've got a three-step intentional living process. Can you go through it? Yes. It's called love it, thank it, bring it. Love it, think it, bring it. How good is that? No, no, no. Thank it. Love it. Thank it. Thank thank it. it, Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. So bring it now. Three steps. Totally easy. Love it is about love your life no matter what you've been through, 
It's mm -hmm. all been there as a gift. It's been there to teach you. Mm -hmm. It's helped you decide what you do want versus what you don't want. It's given you wisdom and clarity and experience. And so you, and you have a life. I mean, the fact that you, you have had a life and you're here right now, you just got to love it and embrace it. That's your past. Thank it is about the present moment and being in gratitude and appreciation for everything you have right now, from the bed you get to sleep in, to the cup of coffee, to the shower, to the clothes on your back, everything, even though you want more, be grateful for what you have right now. Be grateful that you have this moment. That's why our company's called I Have Today. Mm. Bring it is about your- Well, before you go on with that, mm -hmm. I love that you're saying, you know, the gratitude, being thankful of what you have today. That's the secret to getting more. That is the secret to your own incredible growth. So it's, I love that you're saying that, include that in that today. Right. Thankful, knowing that you want more, it's great. But by being thankful for what you have today, that's how you get what you want in the future. So good. Okay. And then bring it. Bring it is the power. That is you intentionally creating your future. That is deliberate. And that takes awareness. That takes visualization. That takes desire. That takes a, a, um, removing doubt and replacing it with determination. Like you really get to have anything and everything that you want in this life. And the only thing that separates us from here to where what we want is the level of doubt in between. That's the only thing. When you resonate with, I'm certain. Self-doubt. Self-doubt brings, I mean, that sinks all ships. All ships. I have six words that you need to remove from your vocabulary. And that is one of one of the six words. Like you just just get rid of doubt. You don't need it. It's it's not serving you. Why, why doubt? You know, if you've got an idea, a vision, um, you've when you've received that, you have received that. Okay. That is yours. That came into your awareness for you. It's already done in the quantum field. So when you get that, you go, oh wow. Like I got the vision for I have today, how big it is. I didn't, I didn't dismiss it. I just parked it over here and said, well, I'm going to start with this thing. And so over time, yes, of course, it's been evolving and it's always been evolving in divine timing. I've always gotten the clue when spirit has said now. Okay. Now. I have to, I am like smiling from ear to ear for those that are watching this because, uh, you know, I, I think I even mentioned to you, my big dream is to be a co-host with Hoda Kotb. Like, I want to do a whole relaunch show with her. So, you know, that's a big dream. So I have, I parked it out there. It's out there. You know, the universe knows that that's what I want. And I got to tell you, I am continually so grateful when all these little teeny breadcrumbs start happening. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're getting me closer. But you got to be, as you said, you got to be thankful for what I have today. You know, I don't have her. She's not in. She's not there yet, but she will be. And you mentioned six words and I've only heard one. Can you give us the others as well? I can, but I just want to interject something for you. Okay. Because you said something really important. How do you know that's a big dream? Is being a co-host with Hoda really a big dream? No. 
Of it's course, you not. are. You are. <laughs> you're no, here. Yeah, if you're listening, it's not. It's just meant to be. <laughs> and she's amazing. I'm not saying anything about it, but for you, yes. when you say big dream, you're now putting it out there. And yes, of course, it's going to happen in divine timing for you, honey. But here's when it will happen. As soon as you align with it and you are ready for the onslaught of fame, fortune, and so much abundance that's coming to you from that one appearance. Can I tell you, I think what you just said is one of the, and I have interviewed, I think now upwards of 200 people. I've never thought of it that way. That is so profound to me that, you know, I call it scazy goals, scary and crazy goals. You're year out. But I also say, okay, what is the, the the big dream, the one big thing you really want? And you're right. Why am I saying big when- Don't put it on a pedestal. Yes, 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 Diane. Make sure you go back and listen to that one one more time. I was so fired up when we wrapped up. I, I, I literally was like, all right, what's next? And we just, at that exact moment, we just started to say, oh, what about this? What about that? So, so good. Uh, this next clip with Amber Shaw, who is a mind and body transformation coach, she helps us explore the balance between maintaining healthy habits and actually indulging in occasional treats. You can do it, everyone. Listen in as she shares practical insights into her nightly, she's got a nightly five-minute routine, visualizing the next day's meals and then incorporating mindful planning. And she's going to give us these valuable tips on integrating health conscious planning into daily life and enjoying treats drum roll because that's what i like i like my little treat once in a while but you're not going to have guilt around it listen in how do you how because you're so i mean god you've got this amazing body you've just you radiate health how do you now plan for yourself over you know the next couple of days or three days or four days when you're maybe going on a business trip or you're going on vacation or you're going you know how do you then incorporate in still trying to be respectful of your habits and not blow the habits you've created well and that's a great question it actually even ties into like my third my third you know thing about really you know breaking that cycle is really leaning into the fact that like healthy living is really about uh, like being more consistent and not being perfect. It's not about, it's about progress over perfection. So it doesn't require being perfect. And so to answer your question on the day to day, I literally do spend about five minutes every single night. When I wrap up my day, I have a planner. I'm old school. I like to write everything out. Me too. Uh, it's, also, it's also because I like to cross things off. Like that's, Me that's too. I do it with a pencil, <laughs> like it's all thing, but I literally look, okay, like what is my day? And I, visualize where I'm going to get my food in. Right. So it's like, okay, it's, um, so tomorrow morning I've got uh, this podcast interview and I've got this. Okay. So that means tomorrow morning before I get going, I need to go ahead and make a robust smoothie that I can have with me because I'm back to back. And I know like that's a, or, oh, I've got this business meeting over here. Oh my gosh. My favorite salad place is over there. So I'm going to leave five minutes early. I'm going to order it to go. I'll pick it up. So after my meeting, it's little plan things like that, that can make all the difference. Now, mm. when traveling, 
here's the thing with traveling. Traveling doesn't have to be any different. Like for years, I looked at traveling and vacation as like an all out binge fest, right? It was like, it was like my excuse to like, I'm on vacation. Woohoo, let's go. And I still do like probably indulge. I mean, yeah, over Christmas. I mean, yeah, was I drinking and eating way more than I normally do? Yes, but it wasn't, it was different. It wasn't from a place of, oh, this is my time to binge. It was, oh, this is just the season. This is just where it's at. I'm enjoying it. Like every, like this is, this is different. So I think that when you are traveling or you are on vacation, it really is just leaning into this, like these, and it goes back to this. I'm a, you know, I'm a grown up one. I can eat what I want anytime. These foods are available to me anytime. Going on vacation isn't, doesn't mean it's like my only opportunity. I am, I am empowered. Like, right. That's taking back your power from food. We've, 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 for so many of us, we've given our power away to food. It's taking that power back and being like, I make my own choices here. And it, what that allows you to do, because most of us will agree. When you go all in and like overdo it, like on the cheesecake and that whole big bowl of chips and do all that, how do you feel after? You don't physically feel that. Like you feel terrible. You feel terrible, right? And so, and so that's the thing is that what that's the space I was talking about when I was saying that when you just give yourself permission and be like, I can have that if I want, it does open up the space to, to tap into you know what? The last time I said, well, I went all in, I actually felt like crap after I ate that entire piece of cheesecake. So I, I still want the cheesecake. I'm going to have it, but I'm going to eat it until I'm satisfied. And then that's good because I can have it anytime I want. I really, so can. Amber, I've heard something and yeah. you just, you just triggered something in my, my brain here. I've heard that after you have initially taken a bite, like let's say a pecan pie, which is one of my favorites, then you have another bite and your taste buds are still on high alert, high alert, they're they're on fire. And then by the third bite, you're not even, re- the receptors are not even at that level to give you that, that jolt again, the appreciation of what you're eating. Is, is that true or is that something I just, I, I've heard and maybe it's like a myth? Well, I, you know, I don't know the actual science behind that, but I will say mentally, I, I will say, I, I will say that that is, you will find if you are listening to this and you start practicing this, I promise you are going to find it. You are going to find that because I hear this from clients all day, every day. Um, like, oh, I had, I had the cake, but literally I had just a couple bites. And then I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I, and I, so I do <laughs> think I want to look this up after the show. Cause I'm like, is there some science behind that? Because I do think that it's true. And I know it from my own self that like, yeah, once you, if you really are really in tune with your body and you're letting go of this idea that I'm doing anything wrong, that this is my only time to eat it and like, blah, 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 blah. And you just be present and like, actually just commit to like, I'm having this, I'm I'm ready for it. And like being mindful of it, I guarantee you, you're going to have a few bites and be like, I'm good. Like that was satisfying to me. I don't need anymore. You mm. will buy you, you will have a shift. Did you write all that down? Yes. What a great reminder as we're at the beginning of the year. So let's jump in to some more self-care. In this clip from my interview with Bobby Vargas, love this woman. Have had, I've even been in Times Square with her taking pictures uh, of the billboards that we were on together and we had just such a connection. I loved having her on. She's the founder and CEO of Bedella. I use her supplements. She's got these great gummy bears that are yummy and they do a lot for my body. It's so good. She shares a powerful insight on the biggest mistake many women make. 
Ah, ready for this? With makeup and permanent beauty treatments. It's not about the products themselves, but rather the tendency to actually neglect oneself. So we all know hustle, bustle, daily life. Well, women often prioritize others over their own well-being. All right, my hand's raised. I get it. I do it. I agree. All right, let's listen in. What do you, what yeah. do you think is the biggest mistake that a mid-zone woman does with makeup, with permanent makeup, whatever you think? What are, what are those mistakes that you're like, hey, just avoid them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's not even about the product itself. I think the biggest mistake us as women do at any age, mind you, is neglect ourselves. We place everyone else's needs above ours. But when it comes to product, to answer your question is in the process of neglecting yourself, you'll run out of the house and, and not maybe grab your lip, your chapstick or your lip gloss or your mascara because you have to run and take the kid to school or whatever the case is, or walk the dog because he's going to pee in the house if I don't take him out. So it's, it's um, the secondary placing ourselves secondary to anything and everything is what's wrong. Because we, if you really think about it, I had a friend who told me, he said, a selfish mom is the best mom. I thought, who thinks that way? But now I understand it. This was maybe 20 years ago that he said this to me. Yeah. And now I understand what it's not selfish. It's self-love. You know, when you love yourself so much, everyone around you, your kids and your husband, your environment is just so happy because you're happy. Now, the minute you don't feel good, th that energy, because you're huge on energy, mm. that energy transfers. Your mom doesn't feel good. So now I don't feel good. My wife doesn't feel good. Now I, you know, I'm, I'm having a lousy day because my mind is with her. So it's, um, it's so important to place yourself. You're the MVP of this game. Life is a game and you're the most valuable player. And so the game doesn't matter if the most valuable player is injured or is hurt or doesn't feel well. Right. So remember that. And that would be my best advice to all women is place yourself ahead of anything and everything. Your mind fit spiritually fit and physically fit before Same. anything. And that's oh. to serve others, not just not to be selfish, but that's ultimately is, is, but I'm a hundred percent. So I'm able to give you a hundred percent, but I'm not feeling a hundred percent. You're getting what, whatever percentage I'm operating on. And it's not fair that you're not giving people and yourself a hundred percent. No, it's interesting because E says happy wife, happy, happy life. And yes. I sit here and I give right? I'm, I'm on call after call. And I, I love the process of watching somebody literally like open up to the world because they've been so close. They've been tuning out and being able to tune in right. to, you know, changing your channel, changing your energy. But so many times, you know, I can get caught up in helping, helping, helping. And there was a chapter in my book that I wrote about my husband, E bringing me a panini. And it was warm and gooey and I was in the middle of writing a book and I was in my office at what felt like, you know, <laughs> 48 hours a day. I know that's too weird, but literally I felt like I never left. And he showed up with this warm, gooey thing. And I'm like, I finally just realized, and I wrote it in the book. I wrote it about the Panini principle and I wrote about the pause principle where sometimes we just have to pause and say, right. where am I? Where am I right now? Not everybody else, because as your tank gets more and more depleted, then right. you can't give. And sometimes as we get older, our tanks, you know, adrenal fatigue is like a real thing, everyone. I mean, this is like no, you know, it's legit, no joke. 
And we just have to be so careful that we don't get ourselves to that point. And if you do, it's recovery time, right? right. So, so your company really is designed, as you said, you know, it's that that inside spirit will then lead to that, you know, outside happiness and where we go. You heard that right. Put yourself first. This perfect reminder aligns right into our next clip with wellness expert, Heidi Christopher. I adore this woman. We hit it off. We connected. We are like, I, I swear to God, two peas in a pod. She lights me up. And this is the clip where she's sharing the moment she took a pause and decided what she was doing wasn't healthy for her anymore. And what happened next? She completely shifted her life. She is now doing what she's meant to be doing, powerhouse in the yoga world. She again is just, you gotta, you gotta listen in. She just, she, she comes across, you can almost smile as you're just listening. So enjoy. I just knew something was wrong and I, the world just felt so he like heavy. Like the air felt heavy. That's, I physically felt like I couldn't get up. And I was like, oh, something's wrong. And I had a scale in a closet, linen closet in the back of like 900 towels. And I drew it out and I was like, oh, I weigh 85 pounds. No. Oh yeah. my, wait a second. So you so, were, what show were you doing at that time? Cause I know you've done a ton. What were you? Yes. You know, at that time I had actually just shot three back-to-back -back network pilots. Mm -hmm. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, when networks like major networks um, are doing new shows, they're looking at new shows, they will green light what are called pilots, which are the pilot episodes. So the origin story of a series is the pilot. And so I had shot three back-to-back -back pilots, which is really intense to do one a season. So three was like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. But I also woke up weighing nothing. But the, I, co the correlation was the lower I weighed, the more I worked. And that is when I decided that we wanted to be pregnant. And my body was like, yeah, that's not happening. You can yeah, you need a little bit yourself. more. You need a little bit more fat on those bones when you're going to try to have babies and all that. And I can't yeah. believe having grown up in LA okay, and my <laughs> and the school that I went to had a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, parents and everything. Three pilots. That's crazy. It, yeah, I, I was, I, struggle not to say I was so lucky because I worked my patootie off. I, yeah. you know, as you mentioned, I went to Cornell, I went and did Bada, which is the British American Drama Academy. So I got to work with Royal Shakespeare Company. Like I did theater. Mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. the classical training. I really dug into it. I had no interest in being on camera whatsoever, but that's where the money is. So that's what agents and managers send you on. Mm -hmm. But that's the moment that I was like, oh, this isn't healthy. This isn't sustainable. This isn't, I can't have a family with mm -hmm. this body. I, I physically can't. Every doctor's telling me that at some point I have to listen because they went to medical school, not me. <laughs> so you were, so you were really feeling just wiped out, fatigued. You had lost all this weight. Were people telling you? I mean, I no. guess in that industry, people are like, oh, you look great. Yes, that was exactly what I was <sighs> getting. And I, you know, I'm very fortunate in that as a teenager, I never had an eating disorder. It wasn't, yeah. that wasn't 
what was the fabric of me. I was too busy doing musical theater at the time to worry about something as silly to me as weight yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because camera wasn't my world back then. And it just, it's sort of like, you're so busy on set. There's never time to eat. If you do eat, maybe you shove a protein bar down your throat, maybe some of the fruit from craft services and that's it. And you're, you're exhausted when you get home and you go to bed and you wake up and you do it again. So it was, um, yeah, it was just such a wake up call. And I, I didn't love what I was doing. And that was also the part of it that so many people would kill to do what I was doing. And I really didn't enjoy it because I loved theater. And so when I got pigeonholed into television and movies, and I was on a soap opera for 10 years, I just kind of fell out of love with entertainment as a profession, as an actress. Was that not right? You just smile. She's so just uplifting. I'm excited to do uh, like so many different things with her this coming year. Well, now we move into Tori Archibald, another just incredible. She's an Aussie. She brings international to a new level. I got to tell you, when she came on, it was one of those lightning moments. They say lightning doesn't strike twice. We were like sitting there. It was off the charts, the conversation. She talks about something so incredible, coffee dating. I felt like we were doing it at that point. You're going to hear a word that I swear to God, I've never heard gob smack. What the heck is gob smack? You got to listen in. And she talks about self-belief as superpower. And when you hear this there will be such a connection between you yourself between others you're going to be like yes this is what it's all about it is truly about finding that calling that purpose and understanding it doesn't matter what people say go do it let's make it happen let's make it happen together and so we've got something very exciting that we're going to be announcing we are collaborating on a massive event in September that you need to know about. Keep following on therelaunchco.com to hear more about it. Now let's hear more from Tori. I realized and recognized the power of storytelling. And I recognized that people were so far behind in the way that they were tapping into brands and storytelling to create and deliver impact that I came up with an idea that I would start my own agency with no experience, no media connections and no money. Okay, again, how old, remember, you, how old are you right now I'm when you're doing this? I'm 24 at this time. I love that. I'm 24. I'm 24 okay. years of age. And I thought, what, you know, you, you need to get feedback. When you have an idea, especially when you have no money and you have no relationships in the, in the area that you actually want to excel at, the best thing you can do is to go and connect with other people. And I'm a big believer in the power of connection and communication. So I started coffee dating with people and telling them my idea. And there was one distinct coffee meeting with an ex-boyfriend of mine who then went on to be the chairman of a global media agency. And I remember sitting down with him and saying, I want to create an agency that's going to build really powerful brands. I'm going to work with the world's top performing retailers, celebrities, and influencers, and I'm going to make an impact. I said, I could just feel it in my bones. Mm -hmm. And he said, I don't think you should do that. You've got absolutely no experience, no connections. I think you should go off and get married, have three kids, join a few golf clubs, and <laughs> that'll be your life story. Like, forget about it. 
And I remember just sitting there, absolutely gobsmacked, going, no one will believe in me. Now, I believed in myself. I always have. I've always backed myself. I've always said self-belief is my superpower. I wrote a book about it. I remember walking out of that coffee date. And I literally, I don't know whether we can swear on your podcast, Hillary. Yes, you can. But I literally, you may, you may. Okay, you may. Like, and, and I don't know what gobsmack you. is, but, but I got to <laughs> tell you, gobsmack could be my new favorite word. <laughs> It's so good. And I also, I love this coffee I, dating. I will. We're having a coffee date right now, you realize, because you, we came with, are. you came with two cups of coffee and I've got my tea right here. So we're having a coffee tea. It's a coffee tea talk. Exactly. <laughs> it's a coffee tea talk. And I walked out of that meeting and I literally was like, you, I am doing this. <laughs> Everyone said no to me. Yeah. And no one in Australia would give me a chance. And I knew, and you know this through the power of business as well. You need one marquee client to make a difference. Totally. You need one standout client that's going to put you on the map, that's going to get people talking. But most importantly, with that client that you attract, it has to be anchored to your values, intent and purpose. So I said to myself, if I anchor every single move that I make to passion, because I was really passionate about creating and building brands, building my own business and really making a difference out there, integrity, because I didn't want to work with assholes and delivery was a third value because you're only as good as the last podcast chat, the last presentation, the last delivery of what you do along with my intent and purpose was to create and build powerful brands around the world, make an impact, deliver extraordinary sales for people. That one client was going to put me on the map. And so I went about. Okay, hold on, hold on. You, you move fast and I can, I can keep up with you, no doubt. But I have to say, when you say you, you said passion, integrity, and delivery, and you know what? You and I are so aligned. I would even go in as much and say the joie de vie, that joy of life, right? Yeah. The fun factor of bringing it all together. And there was one other thing you said, rejection is projection. Mm -hmm. So were you finding from the time you were having these coffee dates to things started to work out? I often find people are rushing through the building phase, right? We want it. Why is it taking so long? It didn't take that long for that person or that person. But a lot of times we don't know what's really behind yeah. the door. Bam, bam, bam. How good was that? Well, at this point, you have now had glimpses of what we're doing and where we're going and everything about the relaunch podcast from these incredible shows. Go back, listen to the whole thing. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for putting this out there in your communities, for giving me those amazing reviews. That's what lights me up. I read them. I read each and every one of them. And again, you're sharing with others, which is, I think, the, the biggest compliment you can give me is just having, I love when I get a text or a DM that says, hey, I just shared this with my community or this person, and it really impacted them. So please keep reaching out to me and let me know what other people should I be interviewing? Whose other story should I be sharing? And as we go into our second season, I want to be bringing more of what matters to you of helping you, inspire you, give you that, that spark that will ignite you into that future version of you. 
So again, thank you for being a part of our first season, 200 episodes. We just hit in the top 20, I think we're 18, on all the top uh, and all of the podcasts in the world for Entrepreneur, which is such a huge, just, I, I, I literally want to thank all of you for making that happen. And then we are quickly getting to be in the top 50 of all business podcasts. So I know we'll make that happen as well. Again, can't happen without you. So my heart to yours. And as I always say, live now, love now, relaunch now into your incredible, incredible G zone, your growth zone, gratitude zone, great zone, and let's make your dreams come true. Take care and we'll see you next time. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.